0: good morning everyone this is rosario lawrence here with leader talks along with my two other co-founders to lead her talks vanessa montañez and chantal camarillo we are so excited and humbled to really bring you this episode it's something very touching for us it's around gratitude now that we are quickly approaching the thanksgiving holiday so we have a very special guest near and dear to my heart out of Ventura County, which is Kay Wilson-Volton. So many of you who know her and in the real estate community know what a selfless Lead Hershey is. So before we really jump into having this just candid conversation, getting to know Kay and what she does, I want to open up with a quick little um, passage from actually it's her website from this spirit of Santa Paula that really moved me and it says do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can in all the places you can at all times you can to the people you can as long as ever you can and it's a quote by John Wesley I had never heard it but really touched me as we were preparing here to have the opportunity to speak with Kay. So wonderful words, and clearly she lives by them. So a little bit about Kay before we we jump into a couple of questions in our candid conversation. So Kay is really a selfless leader in Ventura County, especially, specifically the city of Santa Paula, California. It's a beautiful town, somewhat northeast, I would say, of the LA metro area. At one point, she actually served as the mayor of Santa Paula, and I would say she would be still considered the mayor of Santa Paula in my eyes. She has a degree from Cal Poly in marketing and business administration, as well as one from master's college. She has received countless awards. I mean, just to name a few, Champion of Home Award in 2015 by the California Association of Realtors. The Spirit Award in 2014 by the Ventura County Coastal Association of Realtors. Realtor of the Year for uh, in 1996 as well. Most distinguished alumni from Cal Poly Pomona and Humanitarian of the Year. Her selfless leadership over the decades has been around a lot of community services amongst being a well-rounded and leader in the real estate community. She has served on many boards. She was a founding member of United Way, a woman legacy council, so that's very cool. She also was president of associations for the real estate community here in Ventura County twice so for, two of, you know, for two separate ones. She's founded the Spirit of Santa Paula, a 5013C, which is really what we're going to ask her about during our conversation with, uh, with Kay, which is many meals and rental utility support and homeless services. And she's also a chaplain to the Santa Paula and Ventura County Fire Department. Personally, she's married to Howard Bolton, lives in beautiful Santa Paula, California. She has rescued dogs and cats that she absolutely loves. And she has something very much in common with my dear friend Vanessa here at Leader Talks, which she loves books. So you get a little bit background of who Kay Wilson Bolton is. So Kay what overall either childhood adulthood in your journey and you know in life really drove you and had you know made the calling for you to really serve our community here in ventura county
1: uh there was a moment in time when um it became clear to me what my calling was but you know as a little girl uh we lived on a roadway in Rochester, New Hampshire, and it was traveled by what we used to call the hobos. And there was a train connection near our community, and they used to identify our house as a place to get a free meal. And um, so I was probably six or seven, eight years old, and my mother used to feed them and have them sit on the back stoop. And I remember watching them and wondering where they came from and Why are they at my house? And why are they sitting on the back stairs? And why are they eating out of one of the tin plates instead of a regular plate? So, you know, those things burn little impressions in your mind, but for the defining moment, it was uh, Christmas Eve, 2008. It was remember member the economy was starting to unravel back then. And we were seeing a new face of homelessness and I didn't realize that Santa Paula had homeless people back then, but um, I was on a call with the fire department, and we found that a homeless man had died in one of our churches, and the medical examiner commented then that he was going to die somewhere. Lucky him, he was in a church, and that began my resolve. that I had no idea we had homeless people. The janitor of that particular church had been letting them in at night, and there were eight or 10 of them that he was sneaking in, so they were out of the cold, and I didn't realize we had one, let alone 10, and as it turned out, we probably had 50 or 60. So that was the beginning, and just feeling like I needed to do something, and it was early in the email days. I still have the original email that went out to about 25 people who had email. If you remember, this was back in 2008, and uh, we decided to start a hot meal because shelter was just too difficult. And believe me, it is difficult to run a homeless shelter. Hardest thing on the planet.
2: Thank you again, Kay, um, again, for joining Leader Talks um, and just sharing your remarkable journey. Clearly, you wear many hats. Your passion to, to help others and for representing that warm fire. That was a comment you said in one of your videos that really touched my heart really your symbolism of hope for a, a lot of those families or individuals that are experiencing hardship, especially in the um, homeless community. And unfortunately, 17 out of 10,000 um, people in America experience homelessness on a single night. And and that's before COVID, right? Before COVID has unfortunately um, impacted many of us, right? Um, and I'm more likely in the homeless Community as well. But as founder of Santa Paula, can you um, share with our viewers what's the spirit of Santa Paula and what services um, your extraordinary extraordinary nonprofit provides currently?
1: We started in 2002 and we were organized, there were eight of us, and we met in someone's living room, John Susan Colwhite. He's an architect, she's a designer. And we wondered what we could do for our community. There had been some very contentious land use ballot initiatives that kind of divided the community into the haves and the have nots. And it took about since that was 2002, and so it wasn't until 2008 we really hit our stride. But we've evolved, we've grown, we have a utility assistance program thanks to the United Way that provides funding through the emergency food and shelter program. We have um, a foods pantry that we provide twice a week. We're now serving almost 5,000 people a month thanks to Food Share and our great partnerships with CalRecycle to the state of California. And we have a drop-in center for homeless people. Due to COVID, we can't let them in the building anymore because that's also our homeless shelter and so we provide uh, breakfast or lunch and both if they want it. On Fridays, we do showers. Thanks to the partnership, we have the Ventura County uh, Healthcare Agency and the uh, Continuum of Care. And they can see a nurse or a doctor. They can get homeless services there and get their TB shot. And now with our shelter, we really have some challenges there because we can't let anybody just come right into the shelter. And quite honestly, uh, we've had pretty bad experiences just letting someone come in who may happen to be cold. Um, And so they bring all of their baggage, emotional, mental, physical baggage, with them into the shelter. And right now we have four children, and we'll be having five soon. One is a CPS case, and we are so trusted with how we run things that we have a CPS child and her mother with us. So that makes us extra careful how we manage our population. And thanks to Vern Stott and George McGanya they provided a containment pod for us that people can stay in for four days, get a negative COVID test, and then they're eligible to come into the shelter. We have pretty strict rules about what happens when they come in. And you know it's counterintuitive to keep people in a shelter and not let them go to work covid has so changed how we have to do things almost a one they want to go be with their family at thanksgiving and i'm having to say no you can't go we'll do something at the shelter but you know they're not with their families all year and so they see this opportunity to be with family on a very important holiday but I'm having to say, no, you can't go because you know the public health officer is saying, Thanksgiving is gonna be the big spreader. And so I cannot have that come back to the shelter. I only let them leave a half an hour every day. I'm not letting anybody work um, except for one who was working in a lab in Simi Valley. Talk to the manager, very specific protocols on how they manage things. You know, The trick is, can you trust them to come directly back to the shelter and not you know, make some detours along the way. It's very challenging to be fair, but to be protective. And I've told all of them, when this is over, you'll either love me or hate me, and I don't care which it is, because I'm just not going to let COVID come in there. I mean, it might, despite all the precautions, but um, that, that's how counterintuitive it is right now to keep them there when they want to be out. People out there want to come in. So. Uh, very challenging, and but we're dedicated to being careful and being loving at the same time. That's really a balancing act.
3: With that, Kay, that was actually gonna be my next question. How has COVID impacted the community and your work at the Spirit of Santa Paula, but you just answered that so eloquently because it has impacted. You have to bring in the safety measures and look at the greater good of the community and other individuals that it impacts. Um, But as an individual, because we have such a high state of homelessness here in California over all the US, as an individual, what can we do to help support shelters like yourself, um, you know, the spirit of, of Santa Paula or locally? What are some three things, three things, easy implementations that an individual can do to, you know, move the needle just a little bit to do a little bit more work and gratitude into the community?
1: Well, the first one is to be kind about the subject. Not everybody loves me, I'll tell you. Um, I've lost friendships over my dedication to this cause, if you will. Um, if you, I'm saying to the public, if you don't want to help, just be quiet. Go away. Stay away. Leave us alone. Don't criticize. Don't pick on us. Just let us do what we do. You don't have to help. You don't have to get your hands dirty. Um, So that's probably the simplest one. The second one is financial support, of course. A third is to think differently about the homeless issue. I hardly know anybody who doesn't know somebody who has somebody or is somebody or knows somebody who is on the verge or is homeless. And, you know, when this um, stay is lifted for, evictions I don't know what we're going to see yeah. we know that people if they can't pay their rent now they are certainly not going to be able to go back and pay what they owe um, there are some abuses on that I'm aware of but for the most part people have been impacted and lost the service jobs another thing that we've all got to do is think differently about housing we need to provide housing where people work You look at the city of Camarillo right now and Simi Valley, their service people can't live where they work. So they end up living 15, 25 miles away. It creates traffic problems. Um, If the battery is dead in the morning or there's a flat tire, they can't get to work because they live so far. If the kids are sick, they can't get to school. It creates human problems when you don't have housing near where people live. We have to think differently about that, and um, there's some legislation, I think, coming down that's going to require us to do that, and we have to be thoughtful about what kind of housing is near us. We all want the big, well, we all. Most of us are used to having the big yard, and we want the place for the kids and pets to play, but not everybody wants or needs that kind of housing. We have to think about it differently. If we're going to have a, a Community that's healthy and balanced and we all want jobs provided in our communities You have to have the housing jobs balance and that means if you don't have housing the employers aren't going to come And so it's obvious as to what communities are impacted by that by those that are built out Don't have room Santa Paula for example. It's 98% built out and we've lost to Gelson's of Trader Joe's and in Albertsons because there aren't enough people who live here, the big employers don't look here because there isn't housing here. So there's a variety of issues that impact homelessness and um, we can all do something at every level and one is certainly to be informed and be an advocate where you can uh, for housing that helps people at all levels of our economic uh, base.
3: Okay, what makes your point of view so important is you could look at it as a founder of the spirit of Santa Paula. You could look at it as the past mayor and looking at your constituents and also a realtor because this is what you do for your day job and you're excellent at it. So you have so many different perspectives that your opinion really matters and it's spot on. Good.
0: Absolutely. Well, Kate, I'm sure you have had plenty of stories that you can uh, talk to us about, but in terms of people that have received services and have successfully, you know, been able to then move on to the next phase. Is there a particular family or individual that really resonates with you when you think of that um, person that was helped or family with the impact that the Spirit of Santa Paula made for that family? And can you tell us a little bit about them?
1: Yeah, I would love to. There've been a number of, I'll call them success stories where they went from hope to hope less, to hope and then hope more. One family uh, came to us uh, December of 2018. They were renting a room. They were told at 11 o'clock at night that they had to be out at 6 the next morning because they were being evicted. They had a five-year-old daughter. And so they were out of the house and they were on the streets. Uh, The Santa Paula Police Department started watching them because they had a five-year-old daughter. So what they were doing is kind of hiding out during the day. And they would ride in their tandem bicycle, pulling a cart with the five-year-old in the back of the cart. They would ride their bicycle all night long while she slept. And they stayed awake. they were trying to take care of their daughter. So finally, police said, we can't do this anymore. So they took the child into CPS and she was in foster care for a year. And the police, I mean, everybody cried. And the police officer said, you have to go see Kay. See her tomorrow, get this taken care of. So they came to see me, the shelter was open at the Methodist church that year. And they cried, they had a little black dog named Brownie. And so they've kept Brownie with them for a while, and then we said, okay, we need a plan. We have to connect you with the services, go talk to the people who are going to take care of you, stay in touch with your social worker, find out what the CPS social worker wants you to do, go to behavioral health, get in touch with um, the services here in Santa Paula, the county services. They did it all. Pretty soon, one of them got a job at McDonald's. The next one got a job at Lowe's. They ended up going to Gabriel's house. They did everything they were supposed to do at Gabriel's house. Then they were allowed visits with their daughter. And then a year later, almost to the day, they had their own apartment, they had a car. Both of them were working. And guess who's back home, their daughter. So they... Um, they both work for Spirit of Santa Paula. One of them is the assistant manager. The other is the facilities manager. And they are just bought a new car and full-time jobs. And it is a success, but it's not easy. They had to do the work, but they had, and we could only deal with them, you can't do 100 people at a time. You take one at a time, you manage that. Then as you expand your your um, your knowledge base, then you take in two at a time, and then it's three, and then it's four. We have an 82-year-old man at our shelter now who is in the final stages of cancer. We get him to doctor's appointment three days a week. He was taking his infusion. He goes in for another treatment on Monday. We have another woman who has brain surgery scheduled. I mean, how does that happen that they have these ailments and this time of their life they have no one but people running a homeless shelter to shepherd them. I mean, thank God they do. And I'm grateful that it's privilege to walk with people at this stage of their life, but we're just one. There are thousands and thousands of people, but I thank God he's put me right in this place. It's no accident. And Everyone who comes to us, here's the other thing. I don't know where we are on time, so let me know, but this is important. We did our homeless count last um, January, we counted 97 people down from a hundred and I think 12. And how many people have come to our homeless shelter since we opened on December the 7th? 340. So when I look at these statistics, I that, wait, we just counted 97. How do we end up with over 300? That's the, um, the, um, the trouble with homelessness because people can go in and out of it. It doesn't mean they're a drug addict or an alcoholic or uh, running from the law. It means that they're suffering some kind of economic impact that's almost, it's insurmountable. And so we've had 47 people come through who are now placed in permanent housing. And so, I mean 47 out of 340, but they go to family members, they go back to jail sometimes. Um, so there's just, I mean, I could write a book about this, nobody would ever believe it, but I have journaled it. And when I look back at who was with us and now who isn't, um, to think think we had 97 and we've had so many come through for a period of time. Thank God for a shelter. Um, without a shelter, every community has to have one. They're very expensive and they're hard to run and they're expensive but we're doing it because we have so much volunteer work and we have so much community support from our supervisor, Kelly Long, our city manager and our city council. They've been our good partners in public health, behavioral health, law enforcement. Oh my gosh, when they find somebody, they just call me and we pick them up and do the best we can. But.
3: Okay, and for our viewers, what is your website? So if anybody wanted to donate money?
1: SpiritofSantaPaula.org, we've made that very simple
2: the dot org spirit of santa paula yeah incredible okay you are definitely a blessing and like i said that beacon of hope for many in santa paula and with that i wanted to ask you what does lead her mean to you
1: well um, i'm looking at three faces of women that i just admired and loved and Rosario and i go back oh how many years Gosh. Um, but Lead Her, I mean, there there's a place for everyone to serve, but I watch women, and, you know, a lot of women do it quietly. They do bits and pieces here and there. They're raising families. How many single moms do we know that are having to do it all? And so leadership is at all levels of our society, from that single mom to you know, the widow who will do what she can. I mean, women are just wonderful and they're everywhere. And look how many women have been elected to elected office this year. I mean, it's astonishing in um, all parties. So I don't know, I, I look to women to carry a lot of the weight that needs to be carried. And I love the men who are there beside us, but um, that's how I feel about women. Thank you for that and
3: in the spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude we'd like to ask you what are you thankful for oh okay.
1: god well i'm 73 and i'm thankful for my good health i have to tell you that god has really put his hand on me for that so far thankful for um i'm just grateful i have a purpose in my life that adds value and gives back to me. You know, we lost our daughter um, in 2006 to drug overdose. Um, she was a very successful businesswoman. She was on the opioid uh, bandwagon and we did we had no idea. And um, that happened um, actually, no, it's 2000, isn't that funny how you forget a date? It was 2013. 2006 is when we had another family issue, but this work started before we lost Kathy. And so I'm just grateful that I found my place and my purpose and that God has anointed me to know this is my place and I have no longing to go be, do anything now other than this. So it's nice at this stage of life to know exactly who you are
0: that's so beautiful and thank you for sharing that i love um, the fact we had you we're well, this episode it's the time of gratitude and being thankful and what i really enjoyed today is how you really positioned and painted a picture of who can be impacted by homelessness or the need for you know having to have the opportunity to just feed themselves And you know, that is the heart of a family. And so thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Kay, we really appreciate it. It's, it could not have gone any better than to put it out there to the community that it could happen to us. I could be lining up and asking you to help me and my family. I'm there. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Kay. Rosario, what are you grateful for?
0: Well, I am grateful for I'm with K. health. I always, that's my birthday wish to all my friends and to everybody that I love. I always say, you know, sending blessings of health because I always say without our health, we can't do anything. So definitely my health, my family, and my circle of friends, all of you, and, um, you know, and, and just being grateful that we live in this beautiful country, this beautiful area And uh, and just practicing the mindfulness of just taking it all in. That's what I'm grateful for, knowing that I need to continue to do that and enjoy my whole family. What about you, Ms. Chantel?
2: Yeah, I'm just extremely thankful for my family, really, um, especially during this pandemic. It's been an absolute blessing to have my two little ones and um, enjoying them, supporting them th- during this environment. And um, I'm, I'm just blessed to have them and my family. So that's what I'm thankful for.
3: And I'm grateful to have this experience, uh, knowing that we're united. Um, we're here to empower and enrich others as humble as we are, just paving the way for others to be better than us, to be grateful. I'm just blessed to know that we're all healthy and safe. And I wish nothing but the best for everyone out there. So just grateful for our health as well. So with that, we want to go ahead and close out, but stay tuned next week when we're going to talk about savings on how to save uh, through the pandemic safely, how to take advantage of, uh, you know, Black Friday and Cyber Monday safely through the pandemic and looking at good opportunities of savings throughout the holidays. So with that, thank you so much for this moment. Uh, Kay, sharing your journey with us, being the founder of a wonderful organization. So please viewers, if you have any money, any uh, time, please donate to the spirit of spiritofsantapala.org. Please go to the website. We will put their information on our website as well, as well as the link so you can go ahead and donate. Any money is welcome. Any volunteer work is welcome. So thank you from the bottom of
1: my heart. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye everyone.